Hey everyone, welcome to Branded by Amazing. I am Mike McClary, I'm the Chief Product Officer at Amazing.com. Uh, today is October the 14th, 2021, and this is episode number 21. Uh, today we have a returning guest with us. It's Kian Golzari. Uh, he's from Sourcing with Kian. Uh, that's the official name right now, but uh, he's been around sourcing for a long, long time. We had a chance to talk with him a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, kind of learn his history, but today we're going to talk all about sourcing and maybe even get an update on some of the shipping issues that are still going on with people supplying products or getting products from China. So, Kian, welcome back to the podcast. Great to see you. Thanks very much, Mike. Thanks for having me back on and I uh, appreciate it. Looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely. So, last time we talked a lot about shipping, uh, all the issues that are going on because of, you know, you kind of told our viewers, our listeners as well, what happened, how the genesis took place of all these shipping concerns and what's going on and still the after effects we're facing now. Today, we want to dig into something a little bit different, though, uh, and it's your specialty, your your sweet spot. Uh, it's sourcing. Um, so for a little, if you don't mind, just kind of re recap exactly uh, what you've been doing as far as sourcing goes your entire life. Yeah, sure. So I've essentially been living and working in China for the last like 12 years. I went over there for the first time in 2009, and the first time I went there, I just basically dropped drop my bags and didn't leave and then just ended up staying for a few months and then moved there full time and set up an office there, set up a sample room and then started visiting all these factories. And in that time, I visited more than 500 factories and developed over two and a half thousand products. And then that led me to work with loads of different brands, licenses and retailers like the NBA Olympics, United Nations, and then big box retailers in the UK, US, and then start to work with Amazon private label sellers as well. So I really found that you can supply anyone you want as long as you can get the best possible price of the best quality from the best factory. And I learned that from just spending so much time in the factories and then learning about the processes. And then that's what I would like to share, you know, with the listeners today to advise some best practices in order to get the best prices and get the best factories. Let's dig right into it. Well, first off, I I, I remember asking you, I was, jokingly, I thought like, hey, can tell us how you got into sourcing. I don't imagine you've been doing it since you were a little kid but you have been. So uh, I was totally wrong about that. That's you're, you're the perfect person to talk to about this. We like talking to you about shipping lately because that seems to be the hot topic, but really your specialty, your experience is in sourcing. So let's dig into that. If someone's starting out and they want to build a, their own brand, uh, primarily maybe sell on Amazon, but maybe somewhere else as well, what, how do they get going in start as far as finding a manufacturer for their product? I mean, I think the, the best place to start is definitely Alibaba. They've done a fantastic job with their website, with their user interface to make sh make that process pretty seamless. And they've allowed us a lot of different things that we can filter for in order to identify the right suppliers. And that's really the key thing, right? There's a lot of really good suppliers on Alibaba, but there's also a lot of really bad ones. So it's how you use it, which aligns you with the best sort of manufacturer uh, for your brand. And typically what I've found is that when people go into Alibaba, they're actually searching for the best price, but you should be searching for the best supplier. And then once you find the best supplier, that's when you negotiate your price down. So if you were to go into Alibaba and let's say, for example, we take like blue light blocking glasses, for example, because I've got some right here and I use these every day, right? You could type that into Alibaba and then you would start getting a list and it'll be like, okay, these are $2.10, these are $5.12, these are $9, these are $1.50. And you're like, I've got like the prices are all over the place. Like, I, I don't know what to do. So you can ultimately go for something which is very cheap and then you have quality problems later on. 
But the best way to use Alibaba, I've found, is that when you type in the search bar blue light blocking glasses, it defaults to a search by product. But you can actually, next to the search bar, switch it from products to suppliers. And then when it's, when now we search by suppliers, it's now listed for you about, you know, 800, 900, 1,000 different suppliers. Still a lot to navigate through, but now we can start to filter out what we want. So the most important thing, or the two most important things, which is right at the top, is trade assurance and verified. Trade assurance, meaning that your payment is protected. So if you order these blue light blocking glasses with a black frame and you actually get them with a blue frame, then Alibaba will refund you for that order. And then the verified just means that the fact, all the information that the factory says has been verified by a third party. Uh, third party. So if they say they have 150 workers, if they say they have 50 sewing machines, then that information has been verified so we can take it to be true. And once you select those two boxes, the search volume drops from about maybe 900 down to 200 work, uh, 200 factories. And then you can filter down even further on the left side. I always like to select um, what markets that they should supply. So I will select North America and Western Europe because it's very important that they've supplied the markets that we want to sell to. So they're familiar with the standards and the certifications and the audits, you know, which our customers uh, and so that we're compliant with, with Amazon as well. And then as we scroll down further there, you can select certification. And the three I always go for are ISO 9001, which is a quality standard, uh, ISO 14001, which is an environmental standard, and BSCI, which is a business social compliance initiative. And not all factories will have all three of these certificates, but they'll maybe have one or two. And then once we filter that, it will drop down to maybe about 50 different results. So it's now brought us a list of factories which specialize in this product. Our payment are, is protected. The information is, has been verified. They supply the markets that we supply and they have the certification that we require for our markets. And then we can start to dig a little bit deeper. Now we've got that real, real small list. I'm now going to look at the number of years they've been on Alibaba. So it gives you the number of years in the top corner and it will say like, 12 years, eight years, five years, two years. And I select anything which is five plus because I don't want a factory which has just been on Alibaba for one or two years because I don't want them to have just jumped in recently because the trend of e-commerce. I want them to be there for five years, eight years, 10 years because this is what they specialize in and this is what they've been doing. And then what's really interesting if you pay attention to is the first word in every company name is either the city or the province in which they're from. And in China, they specialize in products in different regions. So if you need a charger, if you need electronics, chances are it's made in Shenzhen. If you need a backpack, chances are it's made in Chenzhou. And then so for these blue light blocking glasses, because I've done this recently, I know that Wenzhou is the area that specializes in that product because as you scroll down that list from those top factories, you'll see Wenzhou Optical, Wenzhou Glasses, Wenzhou Lenses, and then they'll have another one like Lin Hai. And you're like, well, that's the standout because that's not in the area which specializes in. So then you've also selected the factory which has been in business for like five plus years or 10 plus years and is in the area which specializes in that product. So it's literally ticked all the boxes that you could possibly want out of a factory. And then the last thing you do is really just click on their, uh, on their company profile you hover your mouse over products. And when you hover over, you'll see um, sunglasses, blue light blocking glasses, kids glasses, optical glasses, ski goggles. So you can see, okay, they specialize in glasses. But if I hovered the mouse over and I saw blue light blocking glasses, iPhone charger, fidget spinner, winter gloves, then I'm like, well, they're just selling hot products and they don't actually specialize in this product. So then we can find out what their core competencies are with this particular product. And then we open up the communication, which is the next step. But I would kind of select five suppliers from that list, from that criteria. And anyone who's you know listening to the podcast, definitely 
if you're driving, don't try this when you're driving, but when you get home, maybe replay this episode. And as I sort of gave those filters, try it for yourself on whatever product that you're looking for. And that will leave you with a list of maybe 20 to 40 to 50 suppliers, which are actually the specialists in that product. That's incredible. That's like a ton of information right there. It goes above and beyond what I've even done before. So that's that's great stuff. Those certifications, using manufacturer suppliers instead of products, uh, not something that people intuitively would know, um, which leads us, I mean, before we get into crafting the message, what if at, after doing that, you don't have any suppliers or you have one or two, would you then expand the search a little bit? Great question. So not if let's say it's a, it's a generic product like blue light blocking glasses, right? There's going to be loads of suppliers available for that. But if it's a relatively new item that there's maybe not that many suppliers for, and you put all that criteria down and it's only brought up maybe one or two suppliers and that's not what you were looking for, you can now start to deselect. So we went for ISO 9001, BSCI, and ISO 14001. We can now uncheck all three of those boxes. And now we're going to see the factories which haven't got that certif certification. And now it might populate you know, 40 or 50 results. And now we can go in and contact them and write and say, if it's a product which requires certification, like for example, a backpack doesn't require certification, but anything electronic which charges does. So then you can ask, you know, what certification have you got on this product? And if it's not necessary, then it's not necessary. But that's a good question. I would deselect uh, the criteria until it populates more results. Awesome. Okay, great. So then, like you said, you already alluded to this. Next step in then is reaching out to five or more suppliers. Um, I got lucky when I did this. I happened to find a supplier that, you know, was they specialize in one type of product. We built a, a great rapport. We visited each other. They came over here. Um, but I've heard you talk before about how communicating relationship is so important. So how do you kind of kick off that communication and building relationship with the suppliers? Yeah, and the great thing is that you can actually start that relationship from the opening message. Like this is your first impression. And you know, if you're a total beginner, you might be thinking, oh, this is a small order. They're not gonna be interested in me. I found this great factory, but I only want 300 pieces. Why would they wanna work with me? But the way you word your message, I like to word it in a way that I want them to want to work with me. And I never ask them, what's your MOQ? I tell them how many I want to order. So I'll give you an example, right? Let's say we're doing yoga mats because we are passionate about yoga and we've been doing it for many years. I would open the, the message to say, hey, um, I've been involved in yoga for 14 years. I've been an instructor for 10 years. I know the biggest influencers in the space for yoga. And in China, they call them KOLs, key opinion leaders. So I know all the KOLs uh, for this particular product. I've been selling these products offline uh, and now I want to move it online. So we've kind of validated ourselves that we're knowledgeable about the product. We've been in the industry for very long and we know the biggest influencers. And then I would say, I'm, and then I like to say the reasons why I want to work with that factory, why I've qualified them and say that I, I've clicked on your listing and I can see that you have these certificates. So quality is uh, one of your core values and quality standards are very important for us as well. I can also see that you've attended the Canton Fair in the past. That is also a trade show that we visit. And when travel opens back up, I look forward to meeting you in person and I look forward to seeing your factory as well. And I like to say that I'm coming to China and I'm coming to see you, even if you've never been before, still say I have the intention of going because generally the people which visit China are treated as the more serious buyers because you're going to their place of business to place an order. So you're serious about this product. And the other thing is that if you say I'm coming to see you and they tell you, oh, I've got 200 workers in my factory, but they've only got 80. Well, they're going to be honest with you from day one because they know you're coming. So they have to be 100% honest with everything they say in the communication. And then I'll say like, 
build up myself like why they should want to work with me and then i would um say what i like about them and i'm going to say keywords like i look forward to working with in partnership with your factory for the long term because the supplier and those are really key words like partnership and long term because suppliers are not thinking how much profit am i going to make from this order they're thinking how much profit am i going to make from this customer over the next three five ten years and if they're thinking long term if they're thinking partnership even if the first order is small this is someone i can really build with the type of customers that they don't like are the ones that you place an order one year then you go another factory for a cheaper price and you go another factory they want to build with you so i'm stating my intention from day one that i'm going to build with you for the long term and then you know let's say the moq you know is maybe around like 800 or a thousand pieces you can say normally we're placing orders of around a thousand pieces however the first order that i work with with any new factory I always place a trial order of 300 pieces. And if the trial order goes smooth, is in you pass a pre-shipment inspection, you deliver on time that the goods pass through customs clearance, okay, then we're gonna come back and place a much larger order. So you're kind of dangling the carrot to say, if you pass this test, if you, this goes through smoothly, then you're gonna get a bigger order. So you're also gonna get their best service on a low order quantity because you've qualified yourself as a customer, you've shown that you know what are their good qualities, and you've said that you're gonna place a larger order after this one goes smooth and you want to work with them for the long term. Now, remember suppliers get like, you know, 50 to 100 new inquiries per week. Your one just went to the top of the pile because the majority of the messages they get is, hey, what's your price, what's your MOQ, and can I get customized packaging? Whereas we've actually painted a nice story and told them a little bit about ourselves, what we like about them, and that we want to work together for the long term. So you're going to get their best service from day one as well. That's that's all gold right there. Uh, the, the incredible way to open up the conversation with them. Uh, things that I had not thought about in the past as well. So uh, uh, let me ask you the obvious question, though. So you're opening to them, kind of building up your credibility. We're also going to have a lot of people who are new to this business. Is there a creative way where someone who's new getting to this business can still come across, be authentic, um, but also come across as someone who's potentially going to be a big customer in the future? Yeah, and that's the main thing, like authenticity, honesty, and stuff like that. I always just like to say um, what my involvement is with this company. like, and, and, you know, it kind of depends on what your product is, right? Because if it's a product that you're passionate about, you can say, let's say it's an outdoor product and you're into hiking, you can send photos of, hey, this is me and my buddies up the mountains, and this is when we camped out in this tent. And the supplier is thinking, cool, if they're passionate about this product, they can actually help us improve the product as well. You've not said anything about like, hey, this is my first time ordering this product, but you're saying that I'm a product practitioner of this. I'm very knowledgeable about this product. I can suggest improvements. And if you do actually suggest improvements such as, hey, all the competition is doing this, but this is how we want to move forward then you've gained their respect right and even if it's in a product that you've maybe found like good keyword volume or you think this is a product that i can sell really well but it's not something that you're passionate in you can also gain their respect by you know making those improvements but you can find that out by you know reading the negative reviews and reading the q a and stuff like that of other listings as, as long as you come to them in a in a manner of which they can respect you as a customer because you have knowledge in this area you can kind of get your good pricing you can get your low moq and you can have like really good communication as well awesome. because actually what, what one thing suppliers don't like right is that there are many people who want to sell online or sell on amazon and they're like okay i've identified these like five or ten products that i want to do and then they contact all the suppliers they get this pricing and then they say okay that product wasn't for me and they never even reply to the supplier after they get the pricing and it's like suppliers kind of like 
uh, like such a waste of time. Like I did all this work for them and I didn't even get a reply, but they're just the very generic and fast inquiries. But if, if you sort of paint this picture a little bit, this is why I got involved in this business. This is my passion. This is why I want to grow with you. Then they're like, oh, this is actually a customer who's in this, like for the long term, they're serious about this product. I'm going to give them my best service. They're going to actually reply to me. So that's the way you can kind of get around it as well. That That's great information as well. So we talked about like kind of like introducing yourself, building up some credibility, um, hopefully getting a lower MOQ. Do you then, do you then lead into like a price negotiation or is it best to kind of like take them at their face value for the first time you're dealing with them? So I think it's very important to make sure that you are importing this product at the best possible price. And I, I found that the best way to do that is you can't negotiate the price until you know what is the market price, like what is the fair price for this product. And the best way to find that out is by having what I call like a specification sheet. And a specification sheet is like a one pager, it's all the information about the product, it's the dimensions, the materials. Like let's say for example, it's, it's a whiteboard, right? Well, the, it's 30 by 60 centimeters, it's got three legs, it's got steel legs, this is the thickness of the steel, uh, and it comes with three marker pens, a red, blue, and a green. They're like, like okay, that's, that's everything I need to know, I'm gonna go out and get the pricing. But imagine you type in whiteboard into Alibaba, and then you say, okay, what's your price? What's your price? What's your price? Everyone's quoting for different things because someone's got aluminium tubing, someone's got steel tubing, someone's 40 by 40 centimeters, someone's by 80 by 20. So like you're not comparing apples with apples. But if you have a specification sheet that says this is what I'm asking for you to price for, then you're going to get the prices back from five different suppliers like, OK, this is 480, 495, this is 510, this is 512. So, you know, roughly this product is between 480 and 510. And then, you know how much you can negotiate. But. If you ask for $3, you're like, forget it. And you know that you'll never get it because that's not an accurate price. And the same way, if a supplier says to you, okay, these whiteboards are $6.50, you're like, actually, I've got four top suppliers with, which have all had the same information quoting me around like $4.90. So I know that your price is just adding on a really high margin. But you don't have to go with a supplier that offers you the cheapest price. You can choose your favorite supplier. Like, let's say the communication was fantastic. They supplied the big retailers that you like. Um, They've sent you a sample and you're really happy with that. But this supplier is $5.15, but you also had a quote for like $4.85. You can say, hey, I really like your, um, your products. I really like working with you. I really want to build with you for the long term. However, um, I also re received the price quote, which was $4.85. And if you can just match that price, then I'm happy to work with you for the long term. And you know that that $4.85 is a fair price because another supplier received the exact same specification and they were able to get that price. So you know that that supplier can match it if they really want to. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, okay, cool. So you've actually got your your, your best price and your favorite supplier um, in that one exercise. And that all stemmed from having a specification sheet. It's very simple to make. You don't need to hire a designer. You can copy and paste images from other people's listings on Amazon. You can just type in the dimensions, type in the material, type in anything extra that you want, add your logo, PDF it, and then just send that document out. And even if you don't want to do that, you can reach out to suppliers on Alibaba and say, can you send me your full specification sheet for all your whiteboards? And then you might see, okay, this one's got four legs. This one's a little bit taller. I actually like this one. And then you screenshot that one, add your logo, and then you send the information of that product to multiple suppliers and say, can you quote me on this product? But it's very, very important that they all quote like for like and compare apples with apples. That is awesome. Have you used the 
RFQ in Alibaba? Is that something people should try or should stick with just communicating directly with suppliers? So the RFQ is kind of like, so the RFQ is kind of the same thing in that they've got all these predetermined fields, like, you know, what's your target price? But like, I like to just make my own one because I just want to reveal the information that I want to share. Like, but the RFQ are going to ask you for a lot of different information. And maybe I don't want to reveal my target price yet. I just want to basically say, this is what I want. What, what's your best price? Um, but you can do either whatever you feel more comfortable with. I prefer like having a more customized approach uh, because I would imagine that they get a lot of inquiries through RFQs and I don't want to be placed in the same basket as everyone else, which uh, does uh, RFQs as well. Uh, that's all gold. Thanks so much, Ken, for for that. Um, before I hop over and ask her like a, a quick little update on shipping, is there any last bits of advice or anything you want to talk about as far as going with sourcing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say with like MOQs as well, right? Something that I've noticed and something that we can take advantage of right now is that bear in mind that having gone through this you know pandemic situation for the last eighteen months, a lot of factories have had cancelled orders, right? Where companies have either gone bust or the shipping cost is too high but they place the deposit on goods and a lot of factories have actually got goods sitting in stock so if you want a low moq or if you want a low price you can and you're flexible on on what you're willing to import you can also ask the factory hey are you holding any goods in stock do you have any cancelled orders because they want to get rid of that right they, there's they've been sitting on some customers order for the last year sitting in their warehouse have not been paid for it and they're just like i need to get this out but i'll accept 50 percent off the cost price i just want it out my factory so and it might not even be a finished product they might be materials someone ordered some camouflage pattern fabric which hey um if you're doing like an outdoor furniture chair i was going to import black furniture chairs but the camel pattern looks quite cool i'll just take that because i'm going to get 50 percent off the material cost so if you've got a pre-existing relationship with a supplier or if you're reaching out to a supplier for the first time and you're just looking for maybe a deal as well you can just say hey are you holding any goods in stock are you holding any materials in stock and then if so you can kind of take that conversation further and get a real cut price and even a low moq as well uh, on any particular product in that category that's awesome. I wouldn't have even thought about that as well. So some opportunity out there for someone looking to uh, buy some existing stock. Now, so uh, last time we talked, um, the shipping woes facing a lot of Amazon sellers, a lot of e-commerce sellers in general, we're, we're all facing, you know, four or five times high shipping costs. Can you give us a quick update on, you know, what's happening with, with shipping and maybe manufacturing over in China? Sure. Uh, the the sh Shipping costs has definitely start to stabilize and it's even come down a little bit as well. And when I say it's come down, I'm talking about maybe like five to 10%. And I think we're starting to see a bit of stability of it coming down. And it will gradually continue to come down, I would say, until about Chinese New Year. And in fact, Chinese New Year could actually help the situation, the prices drop even further because uh, there are all these containers in circulation and there's all this demand of goods to leave China. But for that sort of two, three week period of Chinese New Year, there's not going to be any shipments. So when they go back to work, they're going to have a lot more containers, therefore a lot more supply because they've all been getting returned from the States. So they're going to have a lot more supply. Therefore, the prices should drop. Uh, they will also have an increased demand after Chinese New Year as well. But they, they would have had a buildup of containers. So I would imagine that the prices will start to stabilize after Chinese New Year. And Chinese New Year will be February 1st this year. The date changes every year because it follows the lunar calendar. So sometimes it's in January, sometimes it's in February. But February 1st uh, is the date this year. So uh, don't forget to wish your suppliers a, a happy new year as well. Good to know. 
Awesome. And then speaking of suppliers, uh, I've heard something I think you mentioned earlier that there's some uh, like power issues going on over there as well. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a it's a whole like cocktail of different things going on in China, right? You know, first we had like the uh, raw material prices go up and then we had the shipping issue. And then now what's actually occurring right now is China facing a, a power outage. And um, it's all just a bunch of problems which have happened at the same time. It's not something to be too fearful of, but it's something that you need to be aware of. Because essentially how this happened is that China's majority of its energy comes from coal production, which also emits a lot of pollution. And China have all these like regulations and standards of how much output of pollution they can do. But because of the pandemic and the increase in demand for goods, factories being more busy, they've actually emitted a lot more coal than they should. So they've actually had to just cut it off. And um, that's their way of dealing things. Rather than saying, hey, we're going to shut off your energy or your electricity electricity supply in two weeks you know figure it out get a generator like they're just like no tomorrow like off so it caused a lot of problems and when something like this happens there's a human impact and there's an economic impact right the human impact is that we buy from suppliers we have workers in the factories who are working on the production line these people go home at night but they don't they live on the 25th floor and now they, their elevators don't work because there's no electricity they can't turn the heating on because there's no electricity they can't cook their dinner because there's no electricity so their lives are seriously affected so we kind of talked at the start of the show about you know relationships and stuff like that this is a prime opportunity to help improve and build that relationship with your supplier to say hey i heard about this stuff on the news i see that china's having power outages just want to make sure you and family are okay i uh, hope everything's smooth hope everything goes back to normal and they're like, yeah, thanks for asking. Our area is not actually affected, but thank you for asking. Or no, we are affected. And now we're only working, you know, three days a week and it's been tough. So uh, first of all, I would check, are you guys okay? Uh, and then second of all, if they are, then can you just update us that all our production schedule is still on, on time? Because, you know, for anyone who's shipping anything in Q4 or right before Chinese New Year, you will have agreed a, a production date, like, you know, shipping on the 5th of November or the 1st of December or whatever. But now those dates are definitely not accurate. They've been pushed back because factories have been told, okay, you can only work at night when the energy is cheaper or uh, you're only allowed to be open three days a week rather than six days a week. So their output is much less. Therefore, there's going to be delays. And quite often in my experience, because I've lived in China for a while and I've, we've had power outages whilst I've been there, but it's only been for a few days. This looks like it's going to be prolonged for a little bit. So normally the supplier will tell you that your goods are delayed like two days before the shipping date rather than telling you right now but if you can figure it out right now then you can come up with a with a plan to you know see if you can work for another supplier in another region or something like that so for anyone who's planning to ship anything before chinese new year i would definitely ask your manufacturers hey uh, are we still on schedule for that you know december 1st shipment if anything's changed let me know uh, and then for anyone who's not placed any orders and they need something shipped before Chinese New Year, now is absolutely the time to do it. And if they can't ship it before Chinese New Year, at least lock it in for as soon as they go back to work after Chinese New Year, because it might be six months before you can get an order as a result of something like this. That's great insight and great advice too, um, especially the human side of it too. Realize that we may be upset because we can't get our products in, uh, but they literally can't cook their dinner some nights. So uh, it's good to always keep those things in mind. You know, Mike, I, I saw a clip on the new. I follow some like Chinese like news stations, right? And there was one where they were in a theme park, and you know those like roller coasters that like sort of it shoots you up, hovers you in the air, and then like drops you down. The power cut in the roller coaster when it was like at the top right so the power is out people are at the top of this roller coaster like 100 meters in the air they're freaking out thinking like 
is the power going to come back on and are we just going to drop or are we going to drop just now or like when the power comes on do we come down smoothly and there's like a video of these people like freaking out on top of this roller coaster so even like traffic lights went out just like that and then there's crashes on like highways and stuff so there there were like you know fatalities as a result of this as well so it's it, it's really strange when when the government does stuff like this but they're reaction is okay just shut it off right now like there's no warning so um it's very important to check in with the with the human aspect of things as well that's great advice and uh, just a good insight for all of us who live and deal in this world um dealing with suppliers uh, to know that too as well so kian uh, i think we're about out of time this as usual it's always great content love having you on you got so much knowledge in this entire industry here uh can you let people know if they want to know anything about sourcing because that's your specialty what's the best way to get a hold of you so I've got a YouTube channel where I just make videos dedicated to purely sourcing, and that's called Sourcing with Kian. I've also got a Facebook group uh, of the same name as well, uh, Sourcing with Kian. Instagram, Kian underscore JG, where I post a lot of content when I've been in China. Uh, if you want to see any of that stuff, if that interests you. And uh, I'm also involved in Titan Sourcing as well, where we're building out a complete sourcing agency as well. So I'm sure we'll have a special offer for your viewers as well. Awesome. You sound a little busy. So uh, that, that's great. Loved hearing that. Well, Ken, I'm going to see you here next month down in Florida for a live event in Orlando. So I'm looking forward to that. We can catch up then. Uh, and I'm certain that we'll have you on again in a future podcast. I want to thank you. Um, have a great you know, next couple of weeks till I see you. And uh, take care, and I'll see you real soon. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Again, I'm Mike McClary with Branded by Amazing. Take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Oh.